0: Welcome to the kitchen table a show dedicated to helping you escape diet culture gain trust with food honor your body and live a brighter life hello hello and welcome back to the kitchen table i am so glad you're here i'm your host alicia brown an anti-diet registered dietitian nutritionist and hey i want to open the show today just by asking how are you doing not like in a casual flippant way, like, hey, what's up, how you doing? But like actual, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Do some introspective searching right now and answer that question truthfully for yourself. Because I think right now, a lot of us are experiencing some like, super high emotional aftermath right like it has been a crazy week it's been a crazy two weeks it's been a crazy 2020 with the theme of uncertainty right and especially in regards to the election and all of the things that are coming up in a response of that right now Maybe you're feeling relief, maybe you're feeling hope, maybe you're feeling still tension and anxiety, maybe you're feeling really anger and sadness and frustration. Um, And all of these emotions are valid whatever you're experiencing right now. And I wanna make the note that these emotions also can parallel emotions that you're feeling about food in your body. One thing that I'd like to share in my work with clients is that sometimes, I witness them in life when a life experience happens, uh, maybe something at work happens or something in their family life and there's maybe uncertainty in those realms. Maybe there's added stress in other realms of life due to an event, um, due to maybe a loss, due to maybe an unpredicted shift or again, some uncertainty. Um, In that, that added stress, those added emotions can parallel the same talk and emotions that we're feeling um, in regards to our food and body stuff they can actually exacerbate those same emotions so say that something stressful is happening in our nation right as we've been going through for some time so that stress can actually make its way into the same stress that we're experiencing with food and body stuff and amplify it especially because oftentimes we see our food choices and our bodies as something that we can control Now, this we know is a logical fallacy because we know that we are given genetics, right? That give us this predisposed body, um, predisposed weight, predisposed, uh, you know, um, conditions due to our genetic makeup. This is all true. However, the food choices that we make and often the body that we live in by diet culture is promoted as this thing that we can control. So we, we sense the stress and we say, oh, we can control the stress by controlling our food and controlling the ways that we move and manipulating all that. Um, but actually, the stress that's coming out of that might not actually be food or body related at all. And that is... The craziest part of the whole thing is that actually the real stress, the real root of that stress sometimes isn't even deeply rooted in the food or body stuff. Like in this situation, it might be even more deeply rooted in what's happening nationally, what's happening at work or what's happening in our families. If there's stress or uncertainty there, it can parallel or exacerbate the stress or uncertainty or insecurity that we feel with food and in our bodies. And so if you're experiencing that right now, if you're kind of experiencing like, wow, I am really suffering more negative talk in my my mind on the regular, or I'm having kind of these like obsessive food thoughts, these intrusive body thoughts. If you're feeling or experiencing any of that right now, I encourage you to just take a moment and sift through the emotions deeper than the surface. Maybe take a moment to just sit And pause and breathe for a moment start to attune to your body. And kind of sift through those thoughts that are going on for you right now. Maybe journal, take a couple of notes, maybe talk to a close friend. Get to the bottom of those emotions. You might actually see that they're not food or body related at all if they are coming up for you right now. And they actually could be more connected to other things in life. So yeah, I guess what I mean to say is that in my work with clients, sometimes the root of the thing, the root of the emotion, even though we're using food or body as something that we can control or leverage to get what we think that we want by diet culture's definition or standard or a health standard, quote unquote, even though that's the pursuit, sometimes it leaves us still feeling... Um, invalidated. It still feels leaves us feeling empty because actually the root is something much deeper. This is something that I find so much in my work with clients and in my own lived experience with um, really disordered eating and really uh, looking for love, but also denying love from myself uh, just to get really deep there (laughs) and the way that I denied love was to not to deny joy and to deny joy was uh, to deny myself from things that I loved like foods that I loved so that was my way of controlling and coping and so now having that awareness um that, that I've just shared with you perhaps of stress and of uncertainty. I invite you to just explore what that maybe means for you right now, a little bit more in your life. This actually isn't one I want to dive into today though. <laughs> the topic that I want to talk about with you today actually is cooking and reclaiming the joy of cooking over the holidays. And on each Monday, kind of from now till, um, Till Christmas, I want to talk about reclaiming joy during the holiday season from diet culture. And so every week we'll come on and talk about and discuss together at the kitchen table ways that we can reclaim joy using food, ditching diet culture during the holiday season. And again, I'm coming up on talking about this concept or the reason why I feel like this is really important to talk about is because I had a solid decade or so of really missing out on the holidays due to disordered eating, having a poor relationship with food, always wanting to control my food intake, always being stressed about weight gain, always being uh, such on a high alert about what was being served, what I was going to eat, how much of it I was going to eat. And it stole all of the joy that I had from the holidays away because food is such a huge part for me for the holidays. It's it's tradition, it's love, it's togetherness. And I know that things might look a little bit different this year in terms of togetherness and that connection and sharing piece for many of us. That's so difficult. However, I do feel like there's still things that we can do to like cooking um, bring a spirit of joy into the holidays rather than having food as something that's something that's feared during the holiday season or controlled to a great extent i think that food can be something that can give us such joy and excitement and really fill the spirit of the holidays um for us and the ones that we love and one of the things that i love most about the holiday season is cooking and sharing something with my family and friends. And I have a little bit of a task for you. If you are not usually the one that cooks or brings something or tries a new recipe or shares something that you made with other people, I have a task for you. I think it might be a great, invitation perhaps for you to consider um to try to make something new, different, traditional or something that connects you to your family and your family roots this holiday season. My invitation for you is to spend some time in the kitchen at some point over the holidays. And I mean setting aside a morning or an afternoon to honestly have some time in the kitchen and to make the most out of an experience creating a recipe now this recipe that you can create again like maybe it's something tied to your family roots or tied to tradition maybe it's something that you actually found on pinterest and you saved it and pinned it but you never actually made the recipe it just looked good you saved it but then you forgot about it go back in your pinterest and look at all of your saved recipes or maybe you ask a family relative or member of uh, you know of that pie that your relative made once. Oh, like could you try to mimic that and, and carry on a tradition in that sort? Or maybe you go back and you look at your actual roots. Maybe you did some like 23andMe genetic testing or something like that. Or maybe you really know a lot about your heritage. If you do, that's awesome. I actually don't know half of myself. Funny side note, my dad was adopted and he chose not to really investigate his parents' side. So I really only know that i'm largely uh like bohemian and some i don't know i'm a little I'm a, I'm a bit french i've got some german i know i've got some irish i think i've got some english i'm a i'm just a real i'm a real mix um but i only know that from my mom's side we joke that you know my dad was from like all of these different countries throughout the world. Like maybe he was from Brazil or maybe he was from Mexico. Um, he's got this like really thick mustache um, and he's uh, his skin really tans. In the summer, he's a construction worker. Um, anyway, so uh, really have no idea what my dad's nationality is, but I know that I'm some bohemian from my mom, among other things. Um, but one thing that's fun to explore is your own family roots so that you can create a recipe that is from your I don't know homeland (laughs) from um from what maybe your ancestors your distant relatives have made how fun would that be those deep cultural roots with food explore those there could be something really fun and meaningful to share there and what's not to say that you could create your own traditions with food you can create your own traditions with food everyone might love your recipe so much that they're going to ask for it again and again and heck if it's a total mess and you hate it So what? (laughs) It's a learning experience either way. And why I think it's important to get to the kitchen or to try to get into the kitchen over the holidays is because oftentimes I hear major resistance to being in the kitchen. And I understand this, of course we have major resistance to get into the kitchen. Major objections I hear are like, I have no time to be in the kitchen. Maybe you're in that boat. I know that I am in that boat a lot of times, too. I know. We have to make time for the things you know that we care about, and sometimes being in the kitchen doesn't make our top list of priorities, and we are leaning more on convenience foods and uh, quick, easy ways to prepare meals, which is fine and great, and we need that sometimes, maybe oftentimes, to make ends meet throughout the day. Maybe you uh, live alone, and you don't see maybe making meals for just yourself to be something super elaborate, or uh, maybe you just like really Get frustrated and feel like you don't like cooking. I had a friend uh, recommend Ben Zander, who is like this phenomenal classical musician. Uh, he has a YouTube um, video in which he said um, he believes everybody loves classical music and they just don't know it yet. And I really felt Ben Zander in that because I thought, I don't know if I love classical music, but he believes I do. I gotta give it a try, right? I believe everyone loves cooking, and they just don't know it yet in the same Ben Zander fashion. (laughs) So I think giving giving it a shot and getting into the kitchen and maybe trying a new recipe or something new, especially with the spirit of the holiday season, um, can be such a fun way to really explore cooking with new eyes, with a new kind of zest or vigor or... um, a new kind of ambition or enthusiasm to maybe try something new in the kitchen. The more that we work with food, maybe sometimes, you know, the more we can learn about ourselves too. You know, I I spent a lot of time cooking this past week in the kitchen and it's funny where the mind goes as we cook as well. Talk about introspective awareness when it's you and your thoughts with the food doing meticulous work in the kitchen, right? There's something beautiful about that. There's something beautiful about the uniformity of cutting, you know, dicing things up in the same fashion. There's something beautiful about the artistic representation of the food on the plate. There's something beautiful about all the colors on the plate. There's something beautiful about all of the senses that are triggered in the experience. You know, as we're looking at the food and smelling the food and touching the food, it is such a it's it's, it's such an ex- experience. And it's one that can really get us to really attune to the body. And that's a really awesome, powerful thing because attuning to the body can be your superpower. When you feel into the body, you can really get your needs met in a better way. And being with food in the kitchen, having a very thoughtful, wholesome experience with food in the kitchen, that can be a very embodied Time. It can be a very embodied practice. If that's something that you do regularly, is cook, maybe you can relate to this the embodied practice of cooking or being in the kitchen or being with food as you're tuning to the the body and as you're observing your thoughts as they come and go while fashioning a recipe. Those are some of the most beautiful things I feel like that can happen in the kitchen as you make something nourishing and satisfying for yourself and others. It can be so rewarding as well. There's so much joy there. Again, the major resistance that I feel to being in the kitchen and the reason why we're not feeling as joyful in the kitchen as well anymore is because diets have said you have to cook this thing this way or you have to substitute this higher calorie thing for this lower calorie thing or you have to do this, this and this. And if you're still hungry, so what? Distract yourself. (laughs) Horrible advice, right? So the effort put into the kitchen when we're dieting or when we're really struggling with food and not knowing what to cook or kind of feeling really confined when it comes to our food and food choices in the kitchen, the kitchen can become a prison and food can be something that's hard. Food can become something that's, really stressful and that is where diet culture has honestly it can steal so much of our joy in that moment because we're giving up that joy because we're giving up our power and our authority to the diet as our diet directs what we're eating it's almost like the diet is the chef and we are just robots kind of putting this food together as it's saying and uh thinking that we're doing the best healthiest thing for ourselves and and maybe you've um actually been on a diet and found yourself cooking more. Uh, That's actually something that I've seen to be really true with many of my clients that, uh, especially the Whole30, I hear this a lot, that being on the Whole30 taught a lot of people how to cook and how to be in the kitchen. But could you imagine if you took that Whole30 diet and alleviated the rules and just said, look, cook a recipe, cook a recipe that you enjoy, cook a recipe that you like. You can eat as much as you'd like of the recipe, And you can stop eating it when you're full and satisfied and you can put it in the fridge and maybe you can have it again if there's leftovers or you can make the recipe again if you'd like to later, if you enjoyed it. Oh, and the same thing goes with holiday Christmas cookies as well. Oh, you like? the sugar cookie that you uh, had uh, when you went to uh, Susan's house. Okay, cool. You can make sugar cookies like that too. Do you want to make some? You can eat as much of the sugar cookie as you want and you can make more sugar cookies later. You could store them if you want to have later. You can have all of these options. How would it feel to actually allow yourself that permission to be able to do those things? Do you think that if you allowed yourself permission to cook the recipes that you want, not Whole30, not a diet, but the recipes that you want in the kitchen, if you allowed yourself to make the sweets that you enjoy, or the breads that you enjoy, or the candies that you enjoy in the kitchen, if you allowed yourself that permission, what kind of joy could that bring to your life and to your holiday experience this year? That could be extremely joyful, right? Not only the food itself, but again, like the making and the creating of that food too can bring so much joy. It can be a very embodied practice. And it can be a way in this crazy, uncertain time to actually control your environment as well. I was just talking to a friend about this uh, just yesterday. That like, oh, I love cooking because it—it's like my own little universe. You know, this is my own little universe. I get to decide what happens. If something doesn't go well, it's kind of just on me. And haha, whatever, we'll try again later. You know, it's—it's it's my own little science experiment. It's my own little universe. And right now, with all of the uncertainty, there can be some certainty in the kitchen when it's just us you know and us working with food and working to nourishing and satisfying ourselves and our bodies and so that's a really beautiful thing again it's something that diets maybe have taken away from us or it's something that our busy lives have taken away from us and so that is why i so encourage you at some point to take this invitation during the holiday season to find a recipe that you enjoy find a recipe that you think even that you will enjoy, something that looks really good, something that sounds really good, and tag me, make it, And tag me on Instagram at alishabrown.rdn. I would love to see the creations that you've made and why you chose that recipe, why you chose that creation. And if you make it again, I would just, I would love to know the whole story. I would love to know if you felt it um, beneficial to really be in the kitchen and to create time to be in the kitchen with food um, and all of the things. So uh, yes, I will be sharing my recipes that I will be making over the holiday season too. You can find me at alishabrown.rdn rdn on instagram again you can send me a dm um, if you want to share any recipes i'm always there um, and yeah i just felt like this was an important topic to talk about today as we kind of set the stage for the holiday season and maybe as you're putting your plans together for Thanksgiving or putting your plans together for Christmas or if you have any holiday events or you've wanted to share something, maybe at work or with family, you can put a little plan together, you can make that grocery list and you can set aside some time to having some fun experimenting in the kitchen. Maybe with your family, maybe with your friends, make an event. Gather around food, enjoy the experience, attune to your body, allow yourself the permission to eat the food you enjoy, and see how that brings more joy to your holiday season. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. On Thursday, I'm going to have Carrie Merrill come on the show. And Carrie Merrill's from the local gym, Western Racket. She has a Gosh, he had, she has just a large following. And by following, I don't just mean on social media. I mean in the community and throughout the nation. Carrie Merrill is uh, a fitness expert. She is a group fitness person pro to the 10th degree uh, and I just adore her all that she's about she has such wisdom and she's going to be talking about um, the health at every size approach to exercise and how every body is a good body to move you know Uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit of of that like gym stigma in regards to weight stigma Uh, we're going to talk about Maybe how the gym environment is a little bit different, and how we can find more joy and movement throughout the holiday season as well and beyond. So, I hope you tune into that episode with Carrie on Thursday. It's gonna be an awesome episode, um, and I cannot wait to see you then. Thanks for joining me at the kitchen table. We'll talk soon.